the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I do. I think it's safe to say that spring has sprung. We are here. That uh, winter is gone, right? 60-degree days are becoming the uh, norm. It's fabulous. Instead of the exception. It's fabulous, really. I mean, anytime you turn the furnace off and open up the windows, that's a good day, isn't it? See, why do you turn the furnace off? What do you mean? Why? You have a thermostat for a reason. You just keep your you keep your furnace on, and then when fall comes and it's a cold night, then your furnace comes on. But then all summer long, the what the pilot lights on there? I'm not doing that. What but do you I don't want that pilot, pilot light? That pilot lights that that's gonna it's, cost you a lot. The pilot it doesn't light? matter. It just seems crazy to me that there's a little pilot light. It's 90 degrees on, and I got the furnace ready to go. You shut that thing down. I'm shutting it down. No, you don't shut it down. Don't, that's why, why. Why? So why do you have a thermostat? Why don't you just run up and down the steps and just turn it up whenever you want it? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Up and down the steps. If well, it, I'm going to shut it down until the fall, and then I just light it again. Uh, that little burning gas thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know when I like you see like the gas, uh, the, the gas wells. You know, yeah, like in Texas, and yeah. you see that gas burn. That makes me. I think someone's got to pay that bill. Listen, if you're paying the gas bill, you're just trying to cut every corner here. Okay, well, that's a really, really tiny corner you're going to cut. I'm, I don't. Doesn't matter. Okay. The physical imprint of that little burning thing. It'd be really? like the stove. You want one of the little things on the stove lit all the time? I don't think so. What the pilot light in your stove? Yeah, I've bought it lit. Well, <laughs> yeah, so that different. when I go, that's so when different. I go to cook, then I'd I'm have saying it. the burner, like the burner in your stove. Kind of the oh, same thing. yeah, I don't want the burner on the right, stove exactly. all the time. Anyway. All right. Happy Monday to you. But I do say spring is sprung. And I agree. Uh, I endorse what you're saying. Right. It's a big news. Except day when it here. comes to the pilot light. <laughs> big news day around the United States. Kath, as we always do, we start off the show at the four o'clock hour with the news stories. Won't you please give us the top four at four? Happy to John for Monday, March 22nd, 2021. Number one. According to the Washington Post, President Biden and Vice President Harris are set to resume their help is here tour this week as they seek to maintain a focus on the recently enacted $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief plan and urge Americans to get vaccinated. Okay, so we got coronavirus relief plan. We got get vaccinated. Okay. Harris traveling to Florida on Monday. Biden will head to Ohio on Tuesday. Now, Their travel comes as the administration continues to face criticism over the record number of migrants. So now we've got coronavirus relief plan, we've got America's get vaccinated, and we've got record number of migrants. I got one more. Oh, I can't wait to hear what that is. The president falling up the steps. Oh, right. Meanwhile, a House committee is holding a hearing Monday on making the District of Columbia the 51st state. That was all number one. I'm Joe Biden's body double. 
just want to put that in there as well. <laughs> Number two. Officials at Miami Beach decided yesterday to extend an emergency curfew for up to three weeks as spring breakers have descended on the vacation mecca and created all sorts of chaos. The officials there went so far as to approve closing the famed Ocean Drive to all vehicular and pedestrian traffic from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. for four nights a week through April 12th. According to the New York Times, the Strip, frequented by celebrities and tourists alike, was the scene of a much-criticized skirmish this weekend on Saturday between sometimes unruly revelers who ignored social distancing and mask guidelines aimed at curbing the coronavirus and police officers who were using pepper balls to disperse the large crowd just after the curfew was introduced. We got pepper nice balls. weather, but otherwise the whole place is falling apart. Pepper ball and alcoholic drink? <laughs> It sounds like a workout thing. Like, can you go grab the pepper ball? You got that. Or I'm going to work on your glutes. Would you like some pepper ball? (laughs) I don't think so. Keep that away from me, my friend. Just trying to enjoy my hoagie. Number three. This weekend's March Madness was as crazy and great as we had all hoped. 101-year-old Sister Jean was hooting and hollering as her Loyola Chicago Ramblers upset top-seeded Illinois, and somehow number 15 Oral Roberts has gone itself into the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts. That's like a miracle. My bracket flamed out yesterday, I want you to know, when number 11 seed Syracuse beat the WVU Mountaineers in a game that truly was great, even if the final score wasn't. And John, your bracket is actually worse off than mine, which is small <laughs> consolation for me, really. Considering but, that they were games continue today a uh, number one ranked gonzaga is ahead as we speak and number four get ready for this george hood former u.s marine corps officer and also former investigator for both the naval criminal investigative service and the dea will be making his attempt for most push-ups in an hour in boca raton florida this saturday usa today reports the number he'll be trying to surpass 2919 Yes, he's going for 2,920 push-ups in one hour. Now, if that doesn't make you feel like enough of a fitness failure, let me tell you that George Hood is 63 years old and retired. In February 2020, he made headlines by setting the Guinness World Record for the longest plank, which was 8 hours, 15 minutes, and 15 seconds. I did one this morning for 30 seconds and thought I'd die. One plank. Since 07, he's also set records in stationary cycling, 40-pound weighted plank, and 24-hour plank accumulation, which sounds terrible. For Saturday's event, which starts at 10 a.m., all proceeds raised will benefit the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund, an organization that provides assistance to veterans after their tours have ended. And that is your top four at four. The only plank I know is a chicken plank, which I think they serve at Long John Silver's. Can you believe that? Here's the deal. How many... I think about this from time to time whenever push-ups come up. How many high school assemblies do you remember? Not many. Not many. When I was in high school, a father and his two sons showed up. And the father gave a motivational speech while the two sons in front of this group of, you know, smarty pants high schoolers got on the floor and crushed it with nonstop push-ups. These kids were probably like 11 and 12 and they just went bing, 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 bing. That's all they did was push-ups the entire time the dad spoke. I mean, I think about these guys all the time. 
What are they like now as adults? Good question. Maybe, yeah. Maybe one of them turned into, uh, what's his name? George Hood? Yeah. I would not be surprised. No, they couldn't. They wouldn't be that I old. think these guys were, you know, in the book of world, in the Guinness Book of World Records for kids push-ups. Seriously. Well, can you believe that George Hood is, is 63 and retired? <laughs> no. 2,000 plus push-ups in an hour's time. No, he's going almost 3,000. 2,920 is what he's going for on Saturday. Huh. I'd like to see that. Have you seen him? Some of that. I'd like to see that. Have you seen him? No. To say that the man is ripped is not his whole body. I mean, it's going to be a giant muscle. What's more entertaining? Watching a guy do three thousand push-ups or going to uh, Fourth of July and watching guys eat hot dogs? Yeah, I I can't stand that. That kind of thing. It's recreational eating is an insult. It's opposite ends of the spectrum. It really is. That's all. Okay, now can we go back and just talk about the longest plank? Which was eight hours, 15 minutes, and 15 seconds. What's a plank? Well, see, there's your first problem. Right? I don't know what a plank is. What's a plank? Well, a plank is like when, when you're on your forearms and your toes, and that's it. So your core is engaged and holding you up. I see. And you're I said, balancing. I did 60 seconds is, is actually long, like very long for me. Mm-hmm. I was surprised I could do 60. I mean, 30 is, is taxing. For me, because I'm lame. This guy did it for eight hours. Can you imagine that? He also said some 10 days after setting that record that he was still recovering, telling CNBC he was in, quote, excruciating pain. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. George Hood. So he's our hero. We we need heroes like that. that. That's for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a big show for you, do we not? Sure do. Yeah. Coming up As next, we, Greg Cluxton live from inside the inside that place that might become the fifty first state. We'll right? find out. We'll about see what that. happens. Is that, with is that. that a reality? I don't know. This is the place of reality. This week in the nation's capital with Greg Cluxton, SRN News White House correspondent. Next, you've reached the ride home on a Monday. God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Right now, there are more starving people on earth than ever before. Drought, hurricanes, a global pandemic, all have led to millions of people who were once hungry, now living on the edge of starvation. People on the brink of starvation going from 135 million to 270 million people around. So where is the hope? The hope comes through you. You bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. Today, you can make sure a child has the life-saving food she needs to thrive during these difficult times. Through Food for the Poor, $37 gives six months of life-saving food. So how many children can you rescue? Dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. When you give food, you give hope and life. Dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. It only takes a moment to rescue a child. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, 
say, I want to give. Or click the Food for the Poor banner at wordfm.com. The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. Investors, listen up. Movement towards a cashless and decentralized economy are set to take a big leap forward in the coming years. And you can be in on the forefront of the red-hot crypto and digital payment market when you text the word PAY to 48542. Right now, investors are in a feeding frenzy, stepping on each other's heads to throw money at the next promising fintech company. The consensus is that holding digital assets unlock a massive opportunity for your investments in 2021. Text the word PAY to 48542 now to get up-to-the-minute information on this market with your free research from Avid Market Reports today. E-payment technology using crypto and other currencies means that the market will finally be able to realize the potential of cryptocurrencies to the average consumer. And that's huge. Text the word PAY to 48542 to get this vital information delivered directly to your mobile device with your free research from Market Reports today. Text PAY to 48542. Text the word PAY to 48542. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Went on to uh, Amazon this morning looking for a new flag, perhaps. Mm -hmm. A flag with a 51st star. There is conversation in the uh, nation's beltway about uh, the District of Columbia joining us as the ranks of statehood befalls upon us. Greg Clarkson is with us. He, Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. He himself works regularly in the District of Columbia. Greg, this is hot news. How are you today? Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, you know, this is an idea that's been floating around the nation's capital for a long time. And it never has really gotten any traction. But mm. now you've got uh, Democrats, especially in the House side, but all through in the Congress, uh, really thinking about this as a, as a strong possibility. So there's gonna, there is a push now, a uh, concerted push by Democrats to move in this direction. Not surprisingly, Re- Republicans, for a couple of dif- different reasons, are, uh, are opposed to this. Um, it's the whole idea of, of, of the district. Uh, being um, a separate, um, you know, entity jurisdiction because of its uh, it's the home to the nation's capital. But Democrats will say, look, uh, you've got tax paying American citizens who live in the District of Columbia and they have no representation in Congress. There is a representative, but it's a non-voting representative. And also Republicans, you guys, they'll say that uh, this is just an effort by Democrats to add on to their Democratic uh, slim majority in the House right now because it's only 10 votes, uh, 10 members. So right. what I mean, does a non-voting representative do? I mean, what, what's that like? He just kind of well, hangs out and eats uh, snacks? <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little more involved in that. Uh, but Eleanor Holmes Norton has been the, the representative uh, for D.C. for years and years. Really? She does sit on committees. Uh, but when it comes to uh, her actual participation, it's not there in terms of representing uh, the citizens of D.C. Hmm. Okay, so if um, if this were to pass, well, first of all, we know that the Democrats are in favor of it because they're going to be there are more Democrats that live inside the Beltway, and it would be the same thing if it were Republicans, right? This is you know advanced math we're working with. But right. my question is, would it change your outlook, Greg, going to work every day, thinking, "Wow, all of a sudden, taxation without representation is a thing of the past here." 
Well, it would be interesting because we haven't known it any other way. Mm -hmm. So it would be a big change that way. I don't know beyond, uh, you know, the actual representation in Congress. Um, I don't know what the other tangible effects might be. Um, I haven't delved into the issue, um, you know, deeply enough. I'm sure there there possibly are some other benefits and and, uh, tangibles there. But uh, for those of us who um, live outside of the district or outside the Beltway and and go inside to work, Day to day, it would probably be a lot the same, of course, but it would be a very interesting change. And then John, as he mentioned, would have to, of course, find a new flag. Right. No, wait, let me let me break in and say, what if the Democrats don't get this? Like, uh, what's their recourse? Would they like throw tea in the Potomac or something like that? Well, that's yeah, that's that would be a a nod to history, of course. Um, (laughs) What's interesting is you probably um, has a much better chance as a lot of these um, measures and bills do of passage in the House, given and the Democratic the Senate. Okay. Now, 50-50 Senate, uh, it's anybody's guess, and it's it's probably a little still on the unlikely side. Got it. Unlikely. That's good. That's a good final word. All right, Greg, uh, take us to the border, please, because, the, uh, you know, as President Trump was uh, having his border protocol, or his, his rules for the border, now with the new administration, there's a gigantic surge forward. It looks as though they're going to put... Um, people in hotel rooms because there's such a gigantic surge. It's a mess, quite honestly, isn't it? Yeah, you know, a, a lot has not changed for the better since we talked about this a week ago, you know, last Monday. And you know, the administration says it's it's on top of the problem and the challenges that uh, the administration is being faced with in terms of the surge at the border, especially when it comes to the unaccompanied minors, because the United States under the Biden administration is not turning away any unaccompanied minors. And so it's the housing of these young people then who are traveling alone that's that's causing the real problem because as the White House has been emphasizing, most, not all, but most everybody else who is traveling as an, an adult individual or as families or larger groups, they are being turned back. Uh, but for those who are being allowed to come across the border, it's a real uh, housing issue of, of where to shelter them mm-hmm. and process their claims and, and moving forward. Now, the, the White House has been repeatedly asked, why is this not described as a crisis? The Federal Emergency Management Agency has been dispatched to the border to assist with Border uh, Patrol uh, and other entities. Uh, but uh, the White House still refuses to call it a crisis, calls it a problem, calls it a challenge but not a crisis. That's politics for you. We're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. If you'd like to watch the show, you can log on to Facebook right now and go to the Ride Home with John and Kathy or 101.5 Word FM. You can watch the show and see Greg for yourself. He doesn't look alarmed at the 51st, you know, the potential of the 51st state. He looks very <laughs> calm, I have yeah. to say. All right. So speaking of calm, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of it when President Trump was in office and he had his news conferences. There was a lot going on, a lot of theatrics. So uh, President Biden this Thursday has his first, uh, what do you think we can expect? Well, it'll be, as you mentioned, Kathy, the very first one, a a formal setting. He's taken just a handful of questions, usually just, you know, one or two at a time at the end of an event, sometimes Mm -hmm. when he's coming, leaving and and going into the White House. But uh, this, we'll have to see, first of all, how many questions he'll take, if he'll have a lengthy opening statement, what the overall length uh, of the event will be. Um, It's coming up on Thursday. And uh, what's interesting is um, this president um, in in the opening two months of his administration, um, everything has been very closely managed in terms of his access and uh, public 
um, availability, not just to the press, but to the public generally as well. Obviously, every White House will choreograph and manage to a certain degree. But it's been quite, uh, quite striking, I think, with with Joe Biden. And it's no surprise that um, on the campaign trail and throughout his political career, he's often uh, made some gaffes and uh, got stumbling around with answers and then got off track. And so this has been a very disciplined effort by, I think, the communications team at the White House to uh, to keep him, you know, very, uh, you know, out in the public in a, in a very sort of modest way at the beginning of the administration and allowing the COVID message, the relief package, the stimulus and all the rest to really, you know, to be the absolute uh, focus of this administration. So I, I would expect that he will continue to talk about uh, the challenge of the COVID-19 pandemic, but also tout the fact that, you know, the $1.9 trillion relief package uh, was passed and that stimulus checks are, are still going out to millions of Americans. And then we'll see how he does in the Q&A. I see. So uh, the key word here, I, I think you're saying, Craig, is choreographed, right? This is mm. things are can't, very carefully planned. There's not going to be a lot of improvisation. And, and what, you know, as you bring up the press conference, I want to ask about uh, the State of the Union. What do you know about that? Well, we keep asking about that, and we don't really know anything yet. Um, The the thinking was early on that the State of the Union would be scheduled once the COVID-19 relief package was passed, Congress, and got that priority out of the way for the White House. Uh, But obviously, that's been a couple of weeks now. We've heard nothing more specific about the State of the Union address, obviously, because of of health considerations, the venue and the spacing and all of the rest in terms of social distance. That, I think, is probably a logistical hang up that's causing the delay. All right. That's good to know. Thank you. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the former president and social media. Uh, Famously, he was tossed off of Twitter. Um, I don't I don't remember him being tossed off of Facebook. We didn't use it very much anyway. Um, So uh, the former president striking back. Talk about his plan, Greg. Well, one of his uh, close advisors uh, was on Fox News yesterday and announced that Donald Trump plans to reemerge in social media in some way, some fashion within the next two to three months and is likely going to be having his own platform. And Jason Miller was describing this as uh, it's going to be sort of a a breakthrough and it's going to be, uh, you know, attention grabbing and all the rest. Uh, Obviously, because of Donald Trump and the fact that he had so many tens of millions of followers on his Twitter account, uh, there is going to be a lot of interest uh, in what he does because, Kathy, as you say, he was famously or infamously kicked off Twitter in the first place, and he has not had a platform like that since. He's, he's been able to release some statements by email from his official office as former president, but uh, they, they don't lack the, uh, the immediate punch that he really likes with social media. So beyond that, we don't know a lot of details, and we'll have to wait a few more weeks, but it will be very interesting to see what the platform looks like and what the response to it is. So it's a different platform. It's like that, it'll be his own platform. That's what that's what Jason Miller said. And again, he was uh, very short on the details. So um, it sounds like it may be something new. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Right. I mean, say what you will. You know, the, the president said this famously, you know, uh, years ago, that when he leaves the public arena, you know, um, the ratings will go down and whatnot. And clearly, you can see that's happened, right? Whether it's, you know, cable television, of course, on Twitter and whatnot. I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of drive there from the former president. So when he comes back, you'll see things will light up again, for better or worse. 
I think that's very possible. And the fact that he is still viewed by so many Republican voters across the country as their current choice for uh, a candidate running in 2024. Obviously, there's a long, a lot of time between now and then, but he is still a, a major political force, especially within the GOP, but certainly within our national politics. And so, uh, yeah, he's not going away anytime soon. Mm. All right, Greg. Well, time's up and there's more things to talk about, but sadly, not enough minutes to do it in. So that's great. Are you traveling tomorrow, Greg? Oh, yeah, that's right. Are you traveling to Ohio tomorrow, Greg? I am. Uh, President Biden is going to Columbus, Ohio tomorrow in the afternoon. Uh, He'll be again sort of out on the road touting the the impact of this uh, COVID relief package and specifically its health care provisions and the help that it's going to be offering a lot of Americans because it's also the anniversary of Obamacare. So it's an interesting trip tomorrow, and I'll be along for the ride. Fabulous. The president never stops campaigning, right? No. I mean, that's really- Always a politician, yeah. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to be on that road, Greg, to to see you out there and uh, see the events unfold. So congratulations on that. It's a fascinating slice you get to witness. Yeah, thanks. It's my first uh, trip outside of D.C. with uh, with President Biden. So I'll see how it compares with previous presidents. Fabulous, certainly. You'll be in our thoughts. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, as he travels the trail of history with uh, President Biden and uh, the uh, team tomorrow. Take a quick break. Come back. We're just getting underway. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. Thanks for coming along. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Save up to $300 on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepy's at Mattress Firm right now. And you can get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more to elevate your sleep every night. Save big. Sleep better. Shop the semi-annual sale now. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? 
Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Get your daily dose of hope. Watch a special Hope Today interview with Kathy Lee Gifford this Monday, 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Only on Cornerstone Television. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 37. Tomorrow, some sunshine giving way to clouds. It'll be mild with a high of 65. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night. A shower in spots in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 49. Wednesday will be mostly cloudy and mild with a couple of showers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 67. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Word FM knows, and all of us who've been through it know, that the story of a cancer survivor starts on the day of diagnosis. Every survivor has a story, and we want to hear yours. So share your survivor story. We will encourage others by reading it on an upcoming episode of our show. And for entering, just for entering, you could win a getaway to the Buell Mansion in Sharon, maybe a free dinner at Roland Seafood Grill in the Strip. So register to be a part of it right now, wordfm.com forward slash survivor, survivor stories. Very good. I love to hear these stories, don't you? I mean, Me too. Yep. people battling in long odds and just come at it with such strength and grace. It's really cool. Hey, um, this will be no surprise to anybody who owns a dog, especially if you've got kids and a dog. But the big news is this is a finding that was out, a, a survey, a study, I should say, family dogs match their movements to those of children that they live with. In the study, dogs moved when the accompanying children did Mm. and remained still when the kids were stopped, a physical synchronicity that often signals emotional bonding. The family canines also tended to stay close by and to orient themselves in the same direction as the kids, a further indication of social engagement and attentiveness that could have implications for the emotional development of both dogs and kids, as well as for the safety of the interactions between them. Now, my dog right now, currently, he is sleeping at my feet which may say something about my state of mind right now, which is problematic. Here's the deal. The problem is, though, that uh, there is no word yet about doing a study with the synchronicity of cats and dogs together or Mm -hmm. cat owners with the the cats themselves. Mm -hmm. Because as far as the East is from the West on that, don't you think? Well, yeah, I think it really also depends on the animal with cats, more so with dogs. Although I've never lived with a dog, so maybe I shouldn't talk about something I don't know, but, um, I've lived with four cats and the, and the one male that I have now, Gus is very dog-like like wherever I am in the house. He, he is wants to be with you. that's during the day. That's at night. That's whatever he is yeah. where I am. Um, and, but my uh, female cat is not like that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, she always, she wants to know where I am. So she'll peek in, you know, the room, make sure I'm 
like, oh, so you're in there and then she'll go off and, you know, go to sleep somewhere. So she knows where I am, but she's not, she doesn't have to be with me right? like he does. So I don't know. Animal dependent. I don't know the difference between cats and dogs. I mean, seriously, I I can't imagine a house, my house without a dog. And, you know, the dog always, I just love keeping track of the dog. Mm -hmm. The dog helps me exercise. The dog is kind of like an emotional lifeline. So, I mean, I get that. To me, it's a healthier house with a dog. Oh, it's a healthier, it's a healthier person with animals. Yeah. Don't you think? I believe so. I think so too. There's something about it that the way that God created, especially cats and dogs be with us, you know, that's a whole other story. Anyway, we'll take a quick break, come back. Kathy Keller is with us in a little bit. We're going to talk about the Great Commission. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Stay with us. WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey both are golden retrievers poor Sam he was a mess always itching his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking he had bald spots on his back I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you can save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Businesses that run like clockwork establish routines they trust. That's why over a million companies rely on CentOS. We'll help you protect employees and customers with essential safety supplies. Inspect your fire protection systems and devices. Hygienically launder your uniforms. And keep you well-stocked with the leading hand sanitizers and disinfecting wipes. Learn how CentOS can help you open your doors with confidence. Oh, I'm ready! Visit CentOS.com and get ready for the workday. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. 
Kathy Keller is back with us. Kathy, Kathy Keller formerly served as assistant director of communications for Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. She is the author of Jesus, Justice, and Gender Roles, A Case for Gender Roles in Ministry, co-author with her husband, Tim Keller, of The Meaning of Marriage, Facing the Complexities of Commitment with the Wisdom of God. Kath is here to talk to us today about the Great Commission. And Kath, welcome back. Uh, happy Monday well, to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah I was surprised to hear from you. You're a glutton for punishment. Yeah, we just, every time someone just abuses us, we reach back and ask for it twice. Come on, that's not true. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Kathy, this wow. article is, this article is so timely. It's so important. I, you know, I finished it one time and had to read it again instantly because I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what the problem is. Um, we are, as Christians, being molded every day by the political clout, the political needs, or the political winds that blow on social media. And uh, the article that you've written says that's exactly the place that we shouldn't be. Um, flesh that out for us. Well, I just find it incredibly frustrating that no matter what point you are on the political spectrum, um, you you still, as a Christian, you're still being, as you say, molded into the thought that that's what matters, political power, taking the power away from them for us, whether you are right wing or left wing or middle wing or whatever you are, the default mode has come to be believed that um, forcing people by having power, power to make laws or or unmake laws is really the thing that matters. And if you read the Gospels with any kind of, um, you know, clear-headedness, Jesus was always saying, no, that's not what I'm coming to do. I'm coming to to bring the God, God's kingdom in, and um, I want my disciples to make more disciples. And the Great Commission, you know, is that he gave, everybody talks about the Great Commission. He hasn't revoked that and said, you know, that didn't really work. Let's, let's you know, try to have... Um, <laughs> Let's let's try to get the votes out, and let's try to have uh, our candidates win. It's 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 amazing to me. I, I get I speechless, as you can tell, whenever I just think that how the church has just abandoned Jesus' command in favor of going after the very thing that he said he wasn't interested in. Good. Hey, Kath, I don't want to presuppose that our listeners have any knowledge. I mean, people may be listening and are not Christians. So tell us, you know, in your words, what, what the Great Commission is. Where does the Great Commission fit into our lives as followers of Jesus? Well, whenever um, Jesus was resurrected, which we're going to be celebrating very soon in uh, at Easter, that's the whole point, um, just moments before he was ascending to go back to his father, his disciples were gathered. I'll read it to you. It says, uh, his disciples were gathered around and they asked, Lord, are you going to finally restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, <laughs> they'd been with him all this long time. They were con- constantly saying, you know, when are we going to kick the Romans out? When are we going to get our country back? When are we going to have the power that we used to have? And he said, um, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, um, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. I mean, that was, that was his direct command, his last words to his disciples. I mean, people's last words, they're, they're written down in books and, you know, 
carved on memorials and here's Jesus the last thing he has to say like remember this and you know it, it seemed as though his disciples had it wrong from the get-go you, you kind of look at them as you read the gospels and you think how can anybody be that thick-headed and then you look at the church today and you say we're repeating the same mistakes we're we're saying that an earthly kingdom is the thing that Jesus is interested in and not in having people with him in heaven and uh, redeemed from sin and uh, brought into the family of God. And I don't see any place where that's ever been revoked, where we've been told we don't need to do that anymore. And, you know, he's changed his mind about all of that. Kathy Keller formerly served as Assistant Director of Communications for Redeemer Presbyterian Church. She worked with her husband, Tim, there. She's also an author herself, Jesus, Justice, and Gender Roles, in addition to several works that she uh, worked on with her husband, Tim. Um, So let me go back to this passage that you talked about in Acts 1. And with the hindsight that we have of of knowing that we're, you know, 2,000 years past when this actually happened, um, when when the disciples say, okay, Lord, are you finally going to restore the kingdom? kingdom to Israel. And he says, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father is set by his own authority. We realize that they thought that it was really like something amazingly enormous was going to happen. Now, there were a lot of things amazingly enormous that happened, especially when the temple fell in AD 70, but it was not the restoration that they were looking for. And that restoration still hasn't happened yet. So it, it seems that their obsession with politics was even sillier than they thought it was at the time. Well, I I don't want to sound like I'm plugging my husband's book, but he just has a book called um, Hope in Times of Fear, which doesn't necessarily tell you what it's about. It's the subtitle, The Resurrection, um, and how it changes all of life that really makes the difference. We live in a time... There is a theological concept that is has made all the difference for me to understand. And if I had a drawing, I'd be able to make it clearer. We live in the old age, the already age, the thing that's been going on since uh, the time that Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. But Jesus has come to establish the new age. So there's an overlap where Jesus has established the beginnings of his kingdom by rising um, from the grave and by bringing in God's kingdom. But the old age hasn't finished. So there's the already going still on and there's the not yet that's already mm-hmm. begun. So we're kind of, we're it's kind like of like amphibious cat. creatures. Yeah. You know, we're like amphibious creatures. We can, we can live in both worlds. Our, our citizenship is in heaven, but nevertheless, we still live on earth where we have our daily uh, difficulties and problems and issues, but the resurrection has actually brought God's kingdom into its beginning on earth. So we can enjoy some of those benefits and share those benefits with other people around us. That's the kingdom he was bringing in, and we are given the privilege of helping enlarge that kingdom, but not an earthly kingdom. That's not going to solve anybody's problems. Our real problem is our alienation from God, not uh, this law or that law that doesn't look good to us from our perspective. I mean, we do have to fight for for justice and we have to fight for care for the unborn and we have to, you know, make every effort to see that um, God's laws and his, um, his word is 
obeyed in our lives and in the lives of other people, but not by force, by influence. Influence and force are the opposites. Force is what you do when you can't influence anyone. You force them to do it. You make a law. You have an army. You have a a police force to say, do this or else. But influence is when someone sees your good works and your life and says, I want that. I want that in my life. I want to have that relationship with God. And it seems as though many believers have abandoned um, living a life of um, such clarity and wisdom and justice mm-hmm. and joy and gentleness that would influence others that and and gone straight to the well you know we got to make them do what's the right thing to do so we're just going to force them we're going to go for the the political power so what does this mean then calf i mean have we just you know been hypnotized by the power and the prestige of political force or are we using politics you know or are we using christianity as a trojan horse to ascend to more and more power does this mean we're just lousy christians and we're just nodding our head and showing up on sundays and you know saying one thing but in actuality believing something totally different I can't look into people's hearts, and I can't say who might be doing that or who else might not be doing that. But I think that temptation is always going to be in front of uh, every Christian. I mean, the first disciples, the people who lived and walked and ate and talked with Jesus every day, right up to the moment of his ascension, were still confused and and barking up the wrong tree as to what kind of excuse me, what kind of kingdom Jesus we're talking about. So it's maybe a little bit understandable that we who have um, not seen him with our eyes but are are seeing him with the eyes of faith get confused about that as well and frustrated and angry at what we see going on in the world. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and it's not getting better. But, you know, Jesus told us it was going to be like that, that people would hate us that uh, people would think they were doing something pleasing to God when they killed us. You look at the um, the Chinese church mm-hmm. under oppression, and uh, Tim, a year ago, was in Kuala Lumpur preaching to uh, thousands of persecute, persecuted Chinese Christians, and they are set to pass the 100 million mark later this year. I, I wrote that down. It, well, very soon, within this next few years and may by the by 2030 be 300 million christians in china under a very oppressive government how is that taking place because they don't have any political power they have nothing except the spirit of god working in their lives and you know witnessing one-on-one in homes and in places of business and you know with the threat of persecution all around them and yet the church is growing enormously so uh, i mean that's a case study if there ever was one yeah that's fabulous we're talking to kathy keller she's the author of the songs of jesus a year of daily devotions in the psalms along with her husband tim um it's fascinating to look at the role of the church kathy in the fact that um in the past it was a place where and you mentioned this in your article where people who had divergent political views would go to kind of, I don't know if leave their politics behind, but at least, I don't know, go there for something higher or 
you know, they would bring their politics into the church, but it would be in a submissive role to the gospel that they heard. Um, and now that's, you know, it's not happening very often. Churches are politicized. Pastors are preaching, you know, either from a, you know, a leaning right agenda or leaning left agenda. And if you don't like what your pastor says about a certain political thing, you have to leave and go to the other church where you can hear from the pastor who does say the thing that you like. I mean, it's really, Is that really a thing. It's though? really I mean, poisonous. But Kath, I mean, all the years, that we, you know, you've been to church. How many times I, I got to be honest, I don't hear political sermons. Yeah, but I think that's an unusual thing in American churches. Kath, what do you think? I think it's changing. I really do. I, I really? do not think, I think you are correct in saying it didn't used to be that way. People felt, or pastors felt, very obligated to preach the Word of God. What did the Word yeah. of God say? Yeah. How does this apply to your life? And nowadays, um, many, oh golly, I can't tell you how many pastors that we hear from that are being criticized, their churches are splitting down the middle over things like going to wear a mask or not wear a mask, you're going to vote this way, you're going to vote that way. Um, you don't preach enough on justice, you preach too much on justice, you don't preach enough about pro-life issues, you preach really? too much. It's, it's, it's just heartbreaking to see you know any any group of pastors that you get together and there are a number of fellowships of pastors that my husband belongs to that friends of ours belong to my son who's a pastor belongs to whenever they get together it's remarkable how similar experiences from all over the country even all over the world it is that you are being judged by what you say about the political state of the world and uh, not about whether you're being true to the Word of God. It's 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 the unusual church now that really sticks to the Word of God and doesn't bring in um, somebody's political agenda. I'm I'm sorry to say that, but that's well, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous place to be for us believers. I got to tell you it that. It is, you know that. and it's a disobedient place to be. It's the dis- if if Jesus was forever having to correct his disciples. I, I think he's going to be correcting us in ways that we can't imagine. I don't mean with, um, you know, signs written in the clouds or anything like that, but um, his spirit is, is going to not support churches that that don't have his word as the center of their their life and their ministry. And it's... Sorry, Kath, I had to cut you off because of the uh, strictures of time here on radio. That's Kathy Keller. She wrote a terrific piece, The Great Commission Must Be Our Guide in These Polarizing Times. She's also the author of The Meaning of Marriage, Facing the Complexities of Commitment with the Wisdom of God, along with her husband, Tim. Thanks, Kath. Good to hear from you. That's a good message. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. 
Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84 Pennsylvania. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. There is this innate yearning to be satisfied, to be happy, right, for all of us. Listen to this. The Yale University Happiness Class, formerly known as Psych 157, Psychology and the Good Life, is one of the most popular classes ever to be taught at the 320-year history of Yale University. The class was only ever taught in person once during the spring 2018 semester as a 1,200-person lecture course in the largest lecture hall on campus. That March, a free 10-week version made available to the public course called Corsica. You know this course, Corsica? Titled The Science of Well-Being, also became instantly popular, attracting hundreds of thousands of online learners. But when lockdown began last March, two full years later, the enrollment of that course skyrocketed to date 3.3 million people have taken the course on happiness. Wow. Now, it's not new age pop science. Basically what it is, is that it gives people grounding in sleeping well, living a life full of gratitude, and helping others to keep the focus off yourself. 
That's basically it. Wow. That sounds like a combination of the Sermon on the Mount and Psalm 1. <laughs> I'm not trying to be smart no, I know Alec, you're by not. saying that. I I'm know- just saying that, that that sounds really familiar. Well, because, of course, all, all New Age thinking, all New Age thought, all that happiness, you know, the Bible is not New Age. The Bible extracts a price that we must pay if we truly follow Jesus to find happiness. But it also says we're not going to find happiness here on earth. Kathy Keller was just talking about that a short while ago. I don't know. Everybody wants to be happy. It's just a hard road to follow to find true happiness, isn't it? Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A 14th juror has been seated for the trial of a former Minneapolis police officer charged in George Floyd's death. At least one more juror is needed before opening statements begin next week. Derek Chauvin is charged with murder and manslaughter. A curfew in effect in Miami Beach, and that curfew could extend through the end of spring break. The police chief described day after day of melees that had people fleeing for their lives before the city finally moved to shut things down. Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber is waving off criticism that the crowd was targeted because it has been mostly black. South Florida has been a spring break hotspot in one of the few states fully open during the pandemic. Stocks finishing higher today. The Dow gained 103 points. The Nasdaq was ahead 162. This is SRN News. Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh my, do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified, and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Edinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know. Starting with rule number one. 
Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Opt. Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 37. Tomorrow, some sunshine giving way to clouds. It'll be mild with a high of 65. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night. A shower in spots in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 49. Wednesday will be mostly cloudy and mild with a couple of showers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 67. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. That's your mom, right? Your mom's going to tell you the truth. She's going to be a straight shooter with you. I mean, no, what comes out of your mom's mouth? That's the absolute gold standard. So, you know, looking back as an adult, you think, you know, my mom told me a few things that kept me straight, kept me on the straight and narrow. But now looking back, I'm not quite so sure that she was being straight with me. Kath, was that the case in your house with no. your nanny too? No, Mm-mm. no, uh, I was, I was a, a sickeningly obedient child when I was uh, small. And so I needed no threat of anything other really? than the disappointment of my parents. So I, there was, I, I it wasn't necessary for my mom to say that, you know, eating the crust on the bread was going to make my teeth white. And if I didn't eat my crust, then I would ruin my teeth forever. You didn't get any of that stuff. I didn't get any of that stuff. Really? Well, see, my mom had seven kids. She Look, I she mean, needed to use every tool she, at her disposal. She invented all sorts of tales. So uh, anyway, a, 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 a place that we follow called Atlas Obscura. It's a magazine, which uh, I've followed for a long time. And it's part of the Get Pocket, which is another resource for us. They ask 500 of their readers uh, to, to say, give us those things that your mom told you that now looking back seem absolutely absurd. Now, this was true. I think this is pretty common for, my, for our mom. And this wasn't like an outlandish thing. We were always told you have to eat the crust of your bread because that way your hair will be nice and curly. I never heard that. 
What? I've never heard that in my life until I read this article today. That was a common thing. Really? So, you, so you, everybody wanted curly hair? Well, I I never really considered, you know, I guess my mother must have prized curly hair or something like that because we all ate our crust. I mean, you, I see I see parents now who cut their kids' crust out their bread, and I think, well, that's pretty special. How do they how do they get around that? Did your kids eat the crust in their bread? Did you? Oh yeah, I mean, but that was just that was a mandate. Don't be it wasting down, that. Came down right? from on high. Yeah. Okay. How about this? I had a friend from elementary school whose mom used to do this. I remember. Yeah. She said that she could tell when my friend was. <laughs> she could tell if my friend was lying because a black mark would appear on her forehead. <laughs> and so she'd be like, and she'd like run to the bathroom and it would, of course it wouldn't be there. And she'd get back and she'd say, mom, there's no black mark. And she would say, that's because you can't see it in the bathroom. <laughs> see, that's mom just thinking. Yeah. I'm, I mean, on Saturday mornings, I remember my mom saying to me, if you watch too much TV, you're going to go blind. Oh. And yeah. I thought. Well, or what about if you're going to, if you read in the dark. You're going oh, to go blind. That. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Remember, you, yeah, you need right. to turn a light on. Right. Yeah. I remember laying, um, like, you know, uh, uh, on the concrete. My mom would say this too don't ever lay down on concrete because you'll catch your death of cold. Mm-hmm. What? Where did that even come from? Right. And I guess probably the bigger question for me is why did I want to lay down on the concrete? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, right. Why was that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I, about, um, Now, this is something that I read today that I've never experienced. I never heard this from my parents. I never heard this from a friend's parents, but I've read it in books. Um, This woman is writing about her childhood and she says, I wanted a pet very badly. And my mother told me if I could put salt on the tail of a bird, I'd be able to catch it. So this woman spent hours outside with a salt shaker and all sorts of traps trying to do that. Did you ever hear that? No. Hmm. This was a book I read about uh, like, this, I think it was either about South Carolina or North Carolina, like the rural areas. So maybe that's like a Southern tale. Hmm. Okay. Now I do remember this and I did read this and I thought, Oh, that was us. Now my dad, my dad, like he was a city kid, but I remember being in the car with my dad and us being somewhere like, I don't know, you know, like going up what, what we thought was country then like, like being in Butler or something like that and smelling cow manure. Mm-hmm. My dad would like inhale, like, Ah, you smell that? That's good. Breathe deep. That's good for your lungs. I'm like. (laughs) So some breathing manure is good for your lungs. He thought that was good for your lungs. I I don't know. (laughs) My dad also, my dad also had this weird thing where he would say, I don't know where this came from. This must have been a bad experience in his life. His, one of his like uh, pearls of wisdom, John, never trust a man who smokes a pipe. <laughs> what? I like that. I don't know where that came. Like it wasn't that. a lie. It was just kind of like a, some kind of pearl of wisdom or something like that. Yeah. How about this? How about you can get rid of your freckles by putting cucumbers on them? Did you ever hear that? <laughs> now, my sister Judy has tons. Of, she had a ton of freckles. There was always mm-hmm. a matter of conversation in the family about her freckles. We never heard that. What about, about if you? What about if you bite your nails that a hand is going to grow in your stomach? Oh my gosh, no. Now, who would think that? Like that's yeah. disgusting. My brother Jeff would bite his nails. My mom used to put band-aids on his fingers. Oh, to make him stop. To try to dissuade that. Yeah. She yeah. didn't want the hand to grow in his stomach. No. no. Uh, okay. What about all of the concern about the microwave? The microwave. Now, see, why I, 
Was there concern in your house about the microwave? There was a lot of concern when before the microwave was purchased the first time. Really? So this is when should we get a microwave? You know, they were kind of just coming to the fore. And so the question was, like, if you looked at the microwave while it was going, you'd go blind. (laughs) You know, you know that one? Um, Also, that if you were pregnant and you stood in front of a running microwave, that you would endanger your unborn child. (laughs) Mm hmm. Okay, now this is this was part of our family growing up. Um, my parents loved their coffee, and so as kids, we'd always go, "Can I have a sip of that coffee?" My dad always used to say, "No, uh, kids should not drink coffee because it'll stunt your growth." <laughs> <laughs> so you can't you can't drink coffee because you don't. You just, yeah. uh-huh. Okay, what about this? My mom told me that jet streams coming from airplanes, you know, the white stuff out of the back yeah. of an airplane, is actually toilet paper. And if you fell into the airplane toilet, you could get sucked out along with the toilet paper. <laughs> now talk about something that would guarantee that nobody wants to fly anywhere. No, right. And that alone, I mean, I, you just, I always marvel at the um, imagination that parents have on the fly. Because, what they're, you know, they're either making things up to try to dissuade their kids from, you know, poor behavior or, you know, future behavior, right? Right, Exactly trying to keep you from doing something that they know you're going to do anyway. Now, what about, was there any, um, any talk about magical creatures in your house, like no. elves or no. fairies or no. anything like that? None of that kind of thing. Okay. No. In my house, neither, but in, I had a friend who that was a really big deal. Like, like if you stayed up too late, you know, say you, your bedtime was eight o'clock mm. and then you went to bed at eight o'clock, but you stayed awake or you were reading or you had your light on or something until nine 30 right. that the house fairy would go tell your mom, the house fairy. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? It's like a house elf in Harry Potter. Similar no, to that. One of the things my dad would uh, sort of uh, make us eat our food out of fear. Okay. You know, so you, you know, you know, the, um, you know, there, there were seven of us kids. And of course we did not waste any food at all. But, you know, in that rare instance where we didn't want to eat, eat the food that was on our plate, my dad would say, not only are there children starving in India, but one day while we're here together at dinner, that starving child will come and knock on the door and want an explanation. Well, that, that is so anytime like, you know, hard to explain we, in many someone ways, would knock on the door at the hall house, we'd think, oh, no, here comes the kid. All right. What about this? This is from uh, this is from the article at getpocket.com. Quote, every Easter, my mom would take me (laughs) to a quiet room away from the kitchen. She would sit me down. What parent would do this? She would sit me down on a comfortable cushion and very seriously tell me that if I sat quietly and concentrated very hard that I could lay an egg. I would sit there checking behind me occasionally. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. After close to an hour, an egg would magically appear. Elated, I would run to my mom and triumphantly hand her my magic egg. <laughs> Who is doing that? That's good. Who is doing that? We did none of that stuff with our kids, and we missed the opportunity to terrorize them for future generations. Okay, here's another one. What about, now this is like an old, maybe an old wives' tale or conventional medicine or whatever. Mm. What about you'll get a cramp if you go swimming after you eat lunch? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, everybody that knows true? that. Everybody knows that. But you is that true or is that made up? I don't know. An hour we would sit and wait. We'd have like a sandwich and then you'd have to sit there for an hour. Right. 
When, when, when do you when, get cramps? When do you get cramps? I don't know. I never had a cramp when I was swimming. What I, about when one of your pets died? Did they tell you that it went to a farm? No, no, no. We knew where that. No, we knew where that. We knew where Cindy was going. <laughs> yeah, we all knew where Cindy was going. <laughs> no, what about no, no. the other dogs, though? <laughs> you know, um, we had a dog one time. My my parents were really dog friendly people, but their one one dog we had was just a royal pain in the rear, and that dog. He went to a farm. Did he go to a farm? He went to a farm. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, I imagine my father probably, you know, at 2 a.m. one night was just fed up. He may have gone in the vicinity of the farm, but I don't know if he ever made it to the farm. Right. That's I'm the thinking. concern is where did he That's really make it to I don't know. the actual farm? But look, and it, this is a great article. It's a, it's a, a get pocket. And uh, what, what's the title here? Um, the title is, hold on, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, sorry, I'm scrolling. Right? The ultimate guide to bizarre lies your mom told you. <laughs> the ultimate guide to bizarre lies. I mean, yeah, you got to love moms. Try, Look, it's just, hard to control children. You have to give, to give your mom them. a break because she had a lot on her mind. Yeah, just trying to save some kids' lives. That's all. Anyway, let us take a break. Well, we've got much more ahead. The five o'clock hour is just underway. What's up next year, Ken? Yeah, Guy Adams is with us next from the Christian Appalachian Project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about what that is um, and the kinds of ways that those of us who are, you know, basically right around that area can be Appalachia. Yeah, that's next. Right home. One hundred one point five Word FM, W O R D. The Jesus Movement was the last great spiritual awakening our culture has seen. Pastor Greg Laurie says it's time for another one. And the church, meaning you and I, play a part. This week on A New Beginning, find out how we can set the stage for another Jesus revolution. Tune in each day for the insights of Pastor Greg Laurie on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds, but we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Ryan Vrack, Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Hey, it's Laura Story here. On this upcoming summer cruise to Alaska, we will draw closer to God and each other as we share our stories, as we worship together and study God's Word. Encounter the truth-filled messages of Alistair Begg. I hope you will join us on this unforgettable Alaska cruise in 2021 by calling 855-565-5519. Or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. 
At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. If you looked at a map, could could you identify Appalachia? You know where that is, Kat? I do. I think a lot of people, especially here, you know, in Western Pennsylvania, we've got a good idea, maybe some idea what Appalachia is. My guess is also that probably a lot of people really don't know what Appalachia is all about, what people are like there, how they live what what all the uh, the tendrils of what it is to and to live and work and die in Appalachia? Guy Adams with us. Guy's president, chief executive officer of the Christian Appalachia Project, which is committed to improving the lives of Appalachian children, families, and seniors who are struggling to escape poverty. Since its founding in 1964, the Christian Appalachia Project has grown to touch the lives of more than a million people each year. And uh, Guy Adams, welcome to the show. Happy that you're with us. It is a joy to be with you. Uh, Guy, let's start out with the geography, like John was talking about. What areas do you serve? <laughs> yeah. You know, I have lived in uh, various parts of Appalachia. So Appalachia as a region starts, if you start up north, it starts in southwest New York State and comes down through the Appalachian Mountains, and then kind of takes a swing left through the south, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, northeast uh, Georgia, and then goes west over to the northeast quarter or 20% of Mississippi. And so I guess what you would say is that's the, the outline of Appalachia, because those counties, as determined by the Appalachian Regional Commission, the ARC, they share demographics with the heart of Appalachia. And so uh, we serve more in central Appalachia just because of the proximity uh, to that area. And that would be far western West Virginia, West Virginia, Western Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, and all of Eastern Kentucky. And that's what is called Central Appalachia. And the region, the reason that we do make more impact there is just because of proximity. So all of our hands-on human services programs, 16 of them, are in 11 primary and secondary counties in Eastern Kentucky some of the very poorest of uh, the poorest 25, 30, 35 counties in all of the United States. And uh, primary 
being differentiated from secondary because primary is where we actual ha- actually have physical facilities. And those some contiguous counties where we travel into to uh, perform human services work in those counties. And so, and so, but Guy, then, I, I'm sorry, to, what I hear you say, Guy, is that, you know, all these areas, when you talk about Appalachia, I think probably the, the common denominator for people to know is that these are some of the poorest countries, uh, counties in the United States of America. That, that's fair to say, isn't it? Yes. Yes, and then when you look at all of Appalachia through those 13 states, of all the Appalachian counties, Kentucky has more than twice any other state in what is known as distressed or the worst category, uh, distressed Appalachian counties. And so um, it's, it's, it, but, but now let me say this, what makes us an all Appalachian organization is that our gift in kind program operation sharing a division of cap we collect annually and have for 35 years from corporate america any kind of product every size shape weight etc you can imagine whether it's food items clothing items building cleaning you name it we take it in and we redistribute that last year 107 um, million dollars worth through all 13 Appalachian states to nonprofit schools, churches, uh, agencies that are working to help people living in need in Appalachia. Plus, we also. Okay, Guy, let me, Guy, let me interrupt you for a sec. President, Chief Executive Officer of the Christian Appalachian Project. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners about, about the heart of uh, Appalachia. So, if you're, if you're talking about reaching out, being a significant part of the community and an agent for change, um, what, what do the people need? What, what, are, what makes them tick? What do they love? Well, they are, they're just like everybody else. They want the best for their families and so forth. What's, what's hurt them in many cases is isolation. So while we have good roads now into Appalachia, no business of any size is going to locate there two hours away from a major interstate. So commerce of any large scale is not located often in areas of Appalachia, and especially that central Appalachia area that I described. So our folks are still isolated, which means it's at a lot higher rate than the national average. They don't have uh, employment to provide for their families. And so then in a region where many of them in eastern Kentucky and West Virginia, especially in western, uh, western Virginia, relied on coal mining, in the last 11 or 12 years, over 10,000 of those coal mining jobs that were good-paying jobs because people were risking their lives to provide for their family, 10,000-plus of those jobs in eastern Kentucky alone have gone away. And wow. uh, as, as I have a coal mining friend, Joe, who says, and they're not coming back. Right. Uh, so that's that's the biggest challenge. It's isolation right. and access to jobs, and you just only can have so many jobs at McDonald's or your bank and in your school system and uh, maybe a regional hospital or uh, healthcare organization. And so it's just a a lack of opportunities on the the job front. So people have to piecemeal 
uh, income to put together to scratch out a living, so to speak, in many cases. Guy Adams is with us from the Christian Appalachia Project. So then, Guy, uh, obviously, um, you're trying to be a change agent here. You're trying to make things different for poor people in Appalachia. There's, of course, been a lot of talk about new technology and the Internet and whatnot. How does that work for you? I mean, uh, is there a way that new technology, uh, when you look at the isolation of Appalachia, I mean, you know, the idea of 5G or Internet, does that does that exist in any way, shape, or form in Appalachia? In some ways it does. So we got some, um, some significant federal grant money, and there is a great pipeline of high-speed Internet that was put in far eastern Kentucky. So that's one step. But the second step is that businesses and schools and so forth have to have the resources to then pay the the cost to to tap into that. And so it's a slower process, but you are right. Many of the jobs that are replacing coal mining jobs are people that are doing customer service work, whether it's online or on the phone or both. And they've been retraining through retraining uh, programs to do that kind of, of work. Now, those aren't $65,000, $70,000 a year jobs uh, like a coal mining job may have been for somebody who didn't graduate from high school. But they can still, if they're willing, be retrained to get a good-paying job with benefits. Uh, but those gro- those jobs aren't growing by the thousands every year. Sure. They're growing probably by the hundreds. You know, it's right. it's a it's a slow-growth strategy. Uh, and and not to downplay that there aren't good jobs, there are some factories located in eastern Kentucky and in central Appalachia, but it's not like you would find on some major interstate on a business corridor kind of uh, situation. So right, right. it just takes longer and uh, to reach the folks that, that need to be reached. Right. Okay. So, Guy, uh, as you're with us, of course, we're, you know, always uh, looking at the clock. I mean, there are things that people can do here in Western Pennsylvania to help their brothers and sisters, especially fellow believers in Christ with the Christian Appalachia Project. Your needs are what? I mean, is it manpower? Obviously money, but there's also a way people can be physically available and spiritually available as well. Absolutely. We have a lot of prayer warriors around the country. So we are supported. A smaller average gift, uh, under $40 a gift, but we're supported by over 200,000 individuals across the country every year who want to make a difference for people in need in Appalachia. So dollars count. That's what funds our budget. But we also get Uh, lots of items that are sent to us, but that does get expensive. When people have too much that is too heavy, we say you're probably better off looking for a local organization that's doing uh, some of the same work, but but we're always glad to receive that, and we do have people from around the country that regularly send us some food items, but clothing, cleaning supplies, those kinds of things on a smaller scale than a corporation might donate. And uh, so we're happy to receive those kinds of things. I would ask people to check out our website at, uh, I don't even think we say www anymore, but (laughs) christianapp.org. 
And there's a lot of information on that website if someone would like to learn more about our programming in some particular area they would like to pray for. There's even an area that if people need prayer, we have chapel around CAP every morning, been virtual for the last year. But uh, we pray for folks that send in requests to us five days a week during the morning chapel. And so there's even a place for people. They don't want to pray for us, but they need prayer. We're happy to pray for them. That's Guy Adams, president and CEO of the Christian Appalachian Project. Thank you, Guy. Appreciate you being here. All right, we're going to step away. Yeah, you too. We're going to step away. When we come back, does this make sense? We're going to ask each other the question. You can answer at home if you want. Get your daily dose of hope. Watch a special Hope Today interview with Kathy Lee Gifford this Monday, 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Only on Cornerstone Television. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. I think it's fair to say that we live in very contentious times. And I don't know about you, of course, you, when you look at the sweep of history, we've been here before. But there's something about the age we live in now where people wear their wokeness or their outrage or whatever it is that they claim as their demeanor on their sleeve. And it is above all, be all, the most important thing in their lives. Right. So people who say, I'm a conservative or I'm a Trumper or I'm a never Trumper or whatever it is, however people want to approach it. That's like their calling card. That's the environment that they see themselves in, the family that they say they come from and the only community they want to be a part of. Oftentimes at the most important thing, which is all of us are children of God. I don't know about you, but getting a quality education, especially a Christ-centered education, is a very difficult thing in this day and age. That's why Kath and I are very happy our children have been at Grove City College. It's important to claim who you are, but more important to know that you're a child of God as you involve yourself in rigorous studies. So when college students look at the world, is it just about being a conservative or being woke, or is it about something bigger and broader and more important than that? One of the reasons that we love Grove City is because they look at the whole person. And so we ask you if you'd like to investigate a school that's going to train your child in something bigger and better, consider Grove City, gcc.ed. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 37. Tomorrow, some sunshine giving way to clouds. It'll be mild with a high of 65. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night. A shower in spots in the evening, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 49. Wednesday will be mostly cloudy and mild with a couple of showers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 67. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does, does what make sense? CDs. And I don't mean certificates of deposit. I mean good sense. I mean compact discs. Nope. There was a time CDs made perfect sense. Now, I, I've got a box of CDs. I, I, well, hold on. I, I, yeah, they make sense. You know what we've got? What do we our, have? I've got two massive CD players. One holds 300 CDs. Oh, my gosh. The other holds 200 CDs. What? Both of them in the past couple of years have broken, which renders our, like my wife and I, that we call it our music. They're broken. So we can't access our CD music. Oh, that's now, terrible. The CD player in the car, forget it. I'm never using it again. Because you can't CDs get a CD out once sense. it goes in. No, forget it. Mm. CDs don't make any sense. That's old technology, Kath. Move on. They make sense to you? Perfect sense to me. Oh. Perfect sense to me, people. They scratch. Here's they, the thing. They skip. First of all, it's very hard to scratch them. Second of all, I love album art. When I when New I'm listening art. when I'm listening to an album, okay? I mean, I'd album. rather that I was looking at vinyl album art. You're right. You're right. But if I am listening to an album, like I just ordered the new Rival Sons album for my husband for his birthday. It hasn't come yet. Happy birthday. Thank you. His birthday was last Thursday. Anyway, it hasn't happened yet, his, his, the, the gifting. And I am going to associate the songs I'm going to hear with the art in the, in the folio. Yeah. It's like a visual audio thing. You don't get that if you're just buying like 99 cent cuts on iTunes. I say they don't make sense. You say they make sense. I was doing a little yard work yesterday, and um, the pants I was wearing had cuffs. At the end of the day, when I came and took the pants off, and went a bunch of yard debris fell out of the cuffs. And I thought, why would they make cuffs anyway? Who wants a cuff in their pants? The cuffs in your pants make sense. No, you are right, John. We should start some kind of campaign. I mean, if they're going to make Washington, D.C. the 51st state, they should definitely outlaw cuffs first. However, there is a nice fashion edge to a cuff. I don't think there is. A a nice crisp cuff. Uh, I like it. Only if you're like, you know, over six feet tall. If you're you're less than that, they just make you look shorter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So I'm anti-cuff today and anti-CD. They don't make sense to me. No, the CD's good. Cuffs out. Does this make sense? Makes sense to us. Does this make sense to you? 101.5 WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. What can we do to move from being spiritually stuck to doing what God has us to do? What I want to do today is drill down on five principles of fresh faith. Hi, I'm Ron Moore. 
Join us each weekday morning at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station. I was actually referred to United Faith Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly. And we found several houses we liked, but, you know, with the seller's market, things kept falling through. But anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and she made it work. She made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted, we were going to get that house. They're a wonderful company, and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process, that they helped us get through it, and we are in the home of our dreams, and and our family is so happy. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an Exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. With COVID continuing to spread, nothing matters more than having an accurate thermometer that's backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies like the Exergen temporal scanner. Even after getting the COVID vaccine, you should be monitoring for fever to make sure you are protected. Keep your family and yourself safe by trading up your non-contact thermometer for an accurate temporal scanner and a $5 rebate from Exergen, where accuracy matters. Details at exergen.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Last week's murders in Atlanta of the six women were working at the, uh, the day spa or what, whatever you would call it, right? It's got a, any number of names, massage parlor, whatnot. Um, so the, the murderer said, hey, this was a reaction to my sexual addiction. Now, there are so many stories that are really important, I believe, as, as believers, because this man... Uh, who quickly has become humanized, right? You know, he's a mass murderer now, and we'll put the focus on this guy and not necessarily talking about the women, the people who lost their lives. I get that. I, it's a horrible thing. But the church is under a microscope here because this this murderer grew up in the, the church. And there's been a lot of talk uh, in mainstream media about something called purity culture. Now, if you grew up, you know, in the church in a certain time, in a certain place, and you were a certain age, you heard an awful lot about purity culture. Right. Um, 
Let me ask. Okay, so was that a thing you ever heard about in the Catholic Church when you were growing up, John? Not in the least. No. Mike, did you hear anything about purity culture when you were growing up in the church? No. Okay. You didn't. That surprises me. It was a Pentecostal okay. church, too. Okay. Did you hear about it, Kath? Oh, all the time. What? But here's the thing. It wasn't a big deal, at least in the circles I ran in, until I got to college, which puts it in the late 80s, early 90s. So Which may have I, been a Tayday. I think that was probably a Tayday. I want to say the 90s was when it was at its apex. That's probably when what's his name wrote the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Right. Um, I think that was in uh why can't I think of Josh's name? Uh yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, I can't think of it. But um McDowell. I think no, different one. Joshua Harris. Thank you, Josh oh, Harris. Thank you. Um I I bet that was in the nineties, maybe late nineties. Mike, you see a publication date on 97 goodbye 97 okay yeah um but i but the um the silver ring thing you know those those uh kind of uh we've talked about that here on the meeting, show right meeting sessions for kids um especially in like the junior high ages you know persisted up until what five years ago okay so my problem is this you know of course now everything is run through a mainstream media filter that mainstream media filter will look at purity culture and go Oh, that's abhorrent. Why would you make kids take a pledge to be pure? Oh, what a silly thing. I mean, you know, we should be allowing our children to make their own choices for themselves. Sexuality is, you know, in in a personal thing. So kids are kids. They're going to find their way, you know, into other kids' lives. So why would even preach and teach about that? That's what the mainstream media is talking about. Okay. Well, I and... You know, based on how poorly purity cultures turned out, they have a right to ask those questions. But let's make sure we give responsible answers. I mean, the first answer is that the Bible does teach a sexual ethic. Yes, it does. And that sexual ethic is at odds with the sexual ethic, if there is one, that's preached in American culture. So if there are people who are Christian believers, if they choose to submit themselves to a a biblical ethic, sex is going to be a part of that. Um, so that that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, in pursuit of that sexual ethic, um, I think the church's priorities or the church's focus got a little screwed up. Also, um, well, John, you know when we look at uh, pictures of Muslim women, um, let's you know you pick your uh, Middle Eastern country, and we see that they're wearing a hijab right? Uh, Their heads covered or um, in a more conservative Islamic culture, you might see them wearing, you know, the full covering so that, you know, only their, uh, you know, you, you can only see their eyes. Now, the reason for that is because they are temptresses and men need to be sexually pure in those societies. And so the solution for that is to make women live like that. Now, for those of us that are outside those cultures, and I I believe rightfully so, especially women have commented and said, you know, that's not an appropriate response to uh, men having sexual issues is to make women live in that way. But culturally, that's what they've decided on. Now, the purity culture in America has not gone to that extreme. However, there is the same route to it, which is that women have to be very careful about what they wear. I mean, in in purity culture in the 90s, um, you think about somebody like Bill Gothard, who was the head of that homeschooling group. I can't think of what the, the name of it was right now, but he would have images 
in his publications, which would say, these are the things that women wear that are dangerous. And now he was not saying this to men. He was writing it to women. And he was saying, so what could you do to fix the outfits that these women are wearing? So that's not going to be dangerous to the men around you. So, so what it's, so you you see what the end result of that is. It's that again, it's a women's, it's a woman's job to make sure that she's doing everything possible so that the men in her life can restrain, restrain their sexual impulses. But there's not a whole lot of focus on teaching men how to restrain their sexual impulses. So you fast forward to the Atlanta shooting. And again, this is many, many, many degrees down the road, many degrees down the road. But the shooter in this instance said that the reason he shot those women is because he was a sex addict and he needed to remove the temptation, right? So he needed to eliminate the women he didn't need to control himself or learn how to control himself or put him in a position where he was not going to be immersed in pornography or whatever he was doing. He needed to eliminate the women. So but you see, whether you're talking I, about I the that, Middle right. East, you're talking about Bill Gothard, or you're talking about this, there's that similar like poison route to it. Right. But at the same time, I believe the church does a great service because especially in the pornography epidemic that has infused America in these last many decades and the world, right? Every man's battle. Look, how many guys do you know who have fallen into holes of where they're just consumed by the lust of the imagery of pornography that is upon us? Right. Right. So for a guy to go, Hey, I need some help here. This is really unhealthy. But look, if you listen to mainstream media, the way the mainstream media talks about pornography, hey, it's all good. Right. What's the big deal? It's just like, you know, every, everything's fine. They don't look at the dangers, the ugliness, the horror of what pornography is all about. Right. So I believe that you know, there has to be a balance here. I mean, you know, the, the purity thing, that culture at its core for a father to want his daughter, you know, to be clean, to, to wait, to have, you know, love for her husband, to not be out there with 10 men. I, you, any, any father would get that, right? Okay, but what does the father want the same thing for his son? I believe the father would not want his son to be an, a sex addict. Not to be a pornography okay. addict. Okay. And to teach his he, son to, yes, I believe he, so. Okay. I, I believe so. Okay. Because I think a lot. I, I don't think, think that, a lot of guys know. I, that's, a, that's a, an old trope to me as well. Hey, go for it, buddy. I think that's, that's from another generation. I, I believe, hopefully, we've moved beyond that. I'm not sure that a lot of churches have moved beyond that. I think uh, for a lot of. For a lot of church cultures, the purity of the woman is much more important than the purity of the man. Now, that's nothing new to like 21st century America. That's been the case for thousands of years. Yes, um, the but woman it's, does carry but, the outside but it's, burden. Ev- but it's every bit as hypocritical. Well, look now at the woman in the as well. Was, as it was 2,000 years ago. It's the same thing. Go and sin right. no more. What about the guy? Where were the guys? Right, exactly. So, and if you look at that example of Jesus, the woman who's caught in adultery, um, he, you know, writes in the, in the sand and the dirt, whatever. No one knows what he wrote. Some people are assuming maybe he wrote the names of the people who were actually having sex with the adulteress. Um, And he says, whoever's without sin, you know, cast, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. And then they all go away sad. And, and he says to the woman, look, there's nobody here to condemn you. But and neither do I, but go and sin no more. Okay, so that, that, that's a beautiful story of Jesus being wise enough to recognize that when there's an, adult, an adulteress, there are two people at fault, right? 
the two people who who are involved in sex. So when we're talking about purity culture, it shouldn't be that a man is giving a ring to their daughter because a man, uh, a dad should be every bit as concerned about the purity of their son as their daughter. Well, I do believe that they made an adjustment. Now, look, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uphold the whole purity culture environment. No, but I, I do believe not. that you know, later on, they did say to the guys, they hey, did. guys, you wear a ring too, because there's responsibility here as well. Right. Right. But in the in the situation that we're talking about with the Atlanta shooter, he was of an age where that probably was not the case. Where they were talking much more about women being in charge. You know, if 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 a guy is tempted sexually, then he has to get rid of the woman in some way or another. Now you have to either stop looking at the woman online or you have to stop dating the woman or you have to stop looking at her YouTube videos or whatever it is. Or in this guy's case, he decided he had to actually stop the women and end their lives. Now, again, I don't think that this has to, that this one instance of someone acting out of a sex addiction uh, means that every person who has a sex addiction is going to turn into a murderer because the, the, I bet America is crawling with sex addicts right now. And this is the first one who's turned into a murderer. Right. So, or you know, I don't think, that. right, this is not, a, this is not a one-to-one ratio. Um, however, I do think it, it, it begs the question, what are we what are we telling young men to do with their sexual issues in the church, in the church? What are we doing? And, and are we willing to talk about are men willing to talk with men and their sons and young men in the church about their sexual issues? And are we reinforcing the fact that that's not a woman's job to fix that in you? No, of course, that's not. your job I mean, to figure like anything, out how to go through that process. I, I agree 100 percent, Kath. Yes. But it's like anything. You better talk to your kids about this yeah. because the culture certainly is talking to them about it. So they better hear right. from someone, you know, who they respect and know that has authority and the experience of life to say, this is not good. This is right. poison. This is going to suck the life out of you. Right. And not to talk out of school, but I remember when your kids were growing up and you were very intentional about that, about talking to your boys about that. So you were never the kind of parent that thought, well, this is some girl's problem. No. I, the larger problem to me, well, there's, you know, there's many tendrils here. The larger problem for me is when this came out that mainstream media or secular life would go sex, sex addiction. Come right. On. Really? Yeah. That's not really even, is that really, a, a, that's David Duchovny or right, some, right, that's a right. Hollywood celebrity or something like that. I mean, meanwhile, we are just swamped with this and so many people, so many people's lives are crushed by this. That's the greater conversation. I think you're right. Uh, how do you find your way out of this? How do you talk to yourself about it if you're in this blackness? And how do you not make it somebody else's problem? No. The responsibility is our responsibility with Jesus. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 500 
If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Get your daily dose of hope. Watch a special Hope Today interview with Kathy Lee Gifford this Monday, 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Only on Cornerstone Television. That's Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Verizon and Comcast. A cozy Scottish pub off the beaten path on a residential street in the Hazelwood neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh is uh, now featuring traditional fare like uh, potato leek soup, Guinness steak pie, fish and chips, bread pudding. Bangers and mash. Yeah. Uh, the, the place, Kath, the Woods House. Yes. Perhaps Pittsburgh's oldest residence comes back to life and it's up and running even in the midst of the, the COVID times. Listen, I am super excited about this because I remember seeing an article, not sure if it was in Pittsburgh Magazine maybe, or in the Incline talking about Woods House. And this was probably a year ago in COVID when they were just trying to get a grip on what the renovations would look like. This is a building that was erected in 1792. As John said, most likely the oldest building in our area. And um, so they've decided to turn it into a a historic pub. um, And it looks fabulous. I mean, uh, Hazelwood has really had such a hard time for the last 30 years, um, more than that. And so to see something like this come out um, of that area and looking at the type of menu that they have, it's on uh, 4604 Monongahela Street in Hazelwood, 15207. And um, uh, we were just looking at like all the fish and chip options. You mentioned potato leek. I was looking at the Woods House salad, which has toasted walnuts, red grapes, blue cheese, roasted fennel. Orange vinaigrette, bring it. 
Yeah, it'd be very nice. I mean, it's, it is weird because it is Hazelwood. And you think about Hazelwood, you know, Hazelwood is all industrial. At least it was industrial for many a long time. And, of course, you know, the blue-collar neighborhoods around Hazelwood. So there's this old, old house that for a long time was abandoned and was you know, close to the wrecking ball, I bet you, at least five or ten times. Mm-hmm. But yeah. finally, a lot of money's been spent, I think close to a million dollars somewhat, in renovations and restoration primarily to bring it back. Uh, to, they said it was in such bad shape you probably could have whispered on it and it would have fallen over. But now some time and some money and some loving care spent. So it's good news. I mean, soon and very soon, be nice to go out there and have a meal, wouldn't it, Kath? Sure would. Yeah. Bring it on. Have yourself a great night. Thanks for tuning in. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.